Hello, welcome to this podcast from the 2021 Walt City Music Festival. I'm Sabrina Hu, one of the festival's artistic directors. Along with me, Cahal Breslin. Today we're delighted to be joined by two very special guests, Jeffrey Ziegler, one of the most innovative and versatile cellists of our time, and Lynn Prokop, a Trinidadian-born American poet whose writing focuses on the human experience of women and marginalized groups. Jeff and Lynn, along with steel pan player Andy Akiho and drummer Sean Dixon, have performed two live sets in New York at the National Sawdust and at the Yamaha Artist Center, filmed exclusively for this year's Walt City Music Festival. So tell us, how did you two meet or come across each other's work? Oh, wow. That's a great question. <laughs> Goes back to ways. <laughs> It's been a few moons, yes. No, Lynn, Lynn and I go way back. Um, yeah. I think it, so many storylines in my creative life probably travel through the, the world of Paola Prestini. And uh, shortly after when Paola, my wife, and I first met um, uh, and started dating, yes, um, she was at that time the uh, director of this uh, interdisciplinary ensemble called uh, Vision into Art. Uh, is this uh, uh, fantastically innovative uh, assemblage of creative people, instrumentalists, composers, filmmakers, dancers, and poets. And uh, that's when I first met Lynn. And I believe the first thing that we did together was uh, a tough line. Is that is I that think correct? so, yes. Yeah. yeah, I think that must have been 2004, I want to say, 2004. Wow, yeah. I think so. Um, so I've been a writer in residence with Vision into Art probably since just a, just after their beginning, which would have been what maybe six or seven years prior. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. somewhere around there. And we'd been tackling really interesting political projects and working with with new music ensembles and poets and really pushing everyone's boundaries every time we got on stage and learning a lot about collaboration, which I think set me up really nicely to be able to do this project with Jeff. I mean, at the time, I remember a lot of chaos. I don't know, Lynn, if you have a similar recollection. Always, always chaos. Always, it was always fabulous. chaos. Um, but, you know, in looking back, I'm just really amazed actually with uh, not just the work that we did, but the the journey that we traveled on together. I mean, so much mm-hmm. of what uh, has to take place whenever you have any assemblage of uh, different um, uh, practices coming together, in a way, the, the first thing that you have to do is is find a language, you know, how, how to actually uh, work together. And also, you know, one thing that I always find interesting about interdisciplinary work is the fact that uh, artists create at different speeds. And I don't mean speeds like some are faster and some are slower. I mean, I mean, it's something that we're very familiar with, even with composers writing music for performers, where uh, when a composer is finished writing the piece, that's really when the performer begins to work, right? Yeah. So, finding the pacing down between a filmmaker and a and a writer and and a cellist for example um it's just a very fascinating interaction yeah and it becomes a sort of very and i i remember this from when you first joined us with via it becomes this very fluid conversation it's it's a lot of listening for other people's um rhythmic dips and their silences and uh finding the space 
to, to, to sort of weave language back into music and working from, for example, um, a, a violinist to a cellist to an oboe player, which with Via would have been in the course of any five minutes on stage, um, <laughs> uh, really sort of taught me a lot about the nuances of how if you're not if you're not real familiar with new music and I know you guys all are I that was not my world uh and new classical music in particular um you imagine a certain sort of rigidity and discipline and you get to in these collaborations discover um all of the duende that shows up in that work all of the the sort of really sort of floating passion on top of of, of all of that discipline for a writer, it's great because we we start to discover so many more languages inside of what we're doing in, in those collaborations. Wow. Well, this is such an exciting um, collaboration that we get to have this year. Jeff has been at our festival many, many times, I think probably six times. And this is our first one that we've done um, virtual. And um, for us as artistic directors, being able to collaborate poetry um, and we have some other concerts that are using dance. It's just um, another Wonderful. amazing aspect. And I think especially this year when it's online, it just adds so much more dimension to the performances. So we're just delighted to have both of you here. I am thrilled to have the opportunity to be a part of it. Thank you so much. So let's talk a little bit about the Walled City Music Festival performance itself. Uh, what should the audience and listeners expect to see? Oh, that's always, that's, that's the million dollar question. <laughs> um, so when, whenever you have an assemblage of just kind of picking up the thread from interdisciplinary work in general, you know, one of the big failings of my life is I've never had a good elevator speech. I've, I've just never done it. And I've realized that the reason why is because um, my entire musical career I've been drawing outside of the lines uh, and mm. so it, it's it becomes a challenge to say like you know is it is it classical is it rock is it is it you know Caribbean is it is it spoken word poetry is it and uh, and I say yes yes it is yes it is <laughs> but what what you can expect let's see um, there's gonna be elements of yes spoken word uh, there's going to be elements of uh, contemporary classical music. Uh, there's going to be elements of rock. There's going to be elements of, let's see, just it, it's going to be a journey uh, through different worlds and through different ideas to, to many places. I mean, this is really it's 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 a band that can really only exist today with so many of the uh, um, conversations that we're having today. And um yeah, you've never heard anything like it, and you're going to love it. That's a great elevator speech. <laughs> I think so. I'd stay on the elevator for that speech. <laughs> It'd be great if we can kind of get a little bit more of um, each of your background and how it has all culminated to this project now. So, Jeff, can you give us a little bit about your background? Yes. When we first met, I was still the uh, cellist of the Kronos Quartet. I was playing with the quartet for about eight seasons. And uh, I just remember um, when we came to, to the festival, I, I was just smitten by, by 
by the world that you've created. I mean, it's it's a beautiful festival, and and you're both beautiful people. I, I love coming back. And it, actually, Sabrina, you mentioned that uh, I've been back a number of times. I've I've even been there with with my son, and he loves the place too. I mean, he we have very fond memories of walking the walls and eating some of the local grub, and it's it's just a wonderful and walking the river, of course. So, but anyway, that's. We're supposed to talk about my past, <laughs> but I, I remember uh, just being really taken by uh, the work that you guys are doing there. Eventually, I decided to move on from my work with the quartet and explore other areas. And you know, as a soloist, as a collaborator, uh, and as a teacher. And so, at that point, I moved back to New York, and uh, I teach now at uh, Manna School of Music, part of the New School University. And I began developing a number of collaborations,、uh, one of which was with Andy Akiho and Sean Dixon. I mean, Andy, of course, he、uh, long before we met each other, he had written this terrific piece、uh, entitled "Twenty One,"、uh, and this is a piece for uh, cello, uh, playing on a kick drum、uh, along with steel pen. Jeff, it's just been amazing.、Um, every time you have been at our festival, the programs are unique and they're also different. And you have a huge fan club in Derry and around the world. So、um, we're so happy that you brought us this new project as well. And then, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure.、Um, I I think I'm still coming to terms with the idea of myself as a poet. I've been writing since I was a kid. I grew up in Trinidad and lived in New York, though for. Over thirty years now, so I'm more of a New Yorker、wow. than I am a Trinidadian. Some days, some days. Um, <laughs> <laughs>、um, I, my background in poetry is sort of、uh, particular. As a professional, my work's been in supply chain and raw materials and that kind of thing. I worked in fashion,、uh, but I sustained a pretty active, creative life. I've Run arts organizations and multidisciplinary groups, and collaborative done collaborative work. I、uh, was a national slam champion with the New Yorkian Poets Cafe. I've run a reading series for several years. I think a little bit over a decade, and I have taught writing for probably almost the entire time that I've lived in the U.S. So. That's just my general background, my performative、uh, and and curatorial background is a, a sort of feat of personal energy. I like interesting, compelling artists to work with, whether it's working with painters or or musicians or dancers, and I just really enjoy the experiment of it.、Um, the opportunity to work with Jeff, I was a fan of Jeff when he was at Kronos. To be honest, I knew about you guys back then too. Despite my very limited, like before Via, despite my very limited、um, uh, experience with with contemporary classical music,、uh, that world opening up to me really changed the way that I thought about what I could do with my poetry. It, it pushed me to be more interested in my authentic Caribbean voice because you know when you live in a country like this, the code switch. Eventually, it sort of takes over, you know, everything else. But it let me move back towards an authentic Caribbean voice, and working like specifically working with Jeff and Andy and Sean means an opportunity to work against the backdrop of steel drum as well. And for me, as a Trinidadian, like we invented the the instrument, 
So it's really exciting to be able to work back to that again as well. And how is it different when you work with musicians versus like, since you've had such a multifaceted career, like what is sure. the difference in that versus like, you know, if you work with art painters? Um, well, you know, I've worked with a, a much, pretty It's much better with musicians. <laughs> I think that's what you're about to say. <laughs> Except for rehearsal. Um, <laughs> they once rehearsed. They once rehearsed with me. For an entire day, Jeff, I don't know if this, if you remember this, I think you had just started and we rehearsed an entire day and we sat and we watched the orchestra and they would go back to measure, measure H and they'd go back to this and they'd go back. And, you know, they have all these, these cues, right? So they keep going back to these measures and playing them over and over and over. Meanwhile, the two poets are lying on the ground, staring at the ceiling. It's, uh, it's been it since 10 a.m. good, guys. <laughs> and then they go, let's run the poets. And they get the poets on stage. They let us say two lines and then they go, okay, you guys are great. Let's go back to the orchestra. And you're like, wait, wait, that was, I showed up for, for four hours of rehearsal to say two lines twice. There's that part. But, but there's also, you know, uh, with the contemporary classical musicians, there's the discipline of it. There's the, the sense that they can completely, perfectly, purely reproduce a sound over and over so that there's this freedom for me to really experiment, right? I can play because I can trust them to come back to this perfect place over and over and over. That's the that's the magic that their discipline allows them, and and that that's that's a lot of fun, and it's a different sort of experience of collaboration when I collaborate with more, uh, let me say, more loosely schooled or more loosely disciplined musicians. It's a little bit more fluid. It's a little bit more sort of a. Uh, let's throw it all at the wall and see what sticks kind of a vibe. And I love that as well. But the moments where I can sort of pull myself out of it, trust these guys to run with the thing and come back right to that place and bring me back to the, the sort of emotional uh, vibration that I was at five minutes ago when I thought maybe I could do this. They get right back to that place and they can reproduce that sensibility so perfectly over and over that it's it's just I don't know it's just a lot of fun for me it it, it presents a lot of opportunity I think wow so could both of you uh, talk to us a little bit about you know the conversational aspect that comes through whenever we we combine words and music and some of the the topics that are explored th throughout the performance the works that I shared with with Jeff and the group were based I think think in in two real themes i'm looking at a series of poems where i i explore the stories we tell in the caribbean about women about how we uh we shape a kind of mythology around women their sexuality the shade of black that we are and we tell in in the naming that we apply we've sort of added specific value sets to specific types of women. So I've been doing a bunch of poems where I look at women in mythology and women in story from sort of uh, the turn of the century when Afro-Caribbean women were starting to sort of shape their identity outside of colonialism, right? Like that's where our stories about black women kind of, of begin uh, in the Caribbean. So the one that I performed with Jeff was Jamet, and the Jamet in Caribbean stories is uh, she's she's very forward. She's usually a very dark-skinned black woman um, of what is perceived as a lower class. And growing up, I understood her to be sort of um, loose-moraled. But the more 
more research I did into the word, into the period that the name comes out of, I came to understand that these were women who, first of all, were often two-spirit, who certainly were holding positions in their community where they were protectors, they were warriors, they were the women who were leading rebellion in certain social situations, in certain civil situations. And so I sought to tell a story about that woman that both marries her to this time because that kind of woman is seen to still exist and is still misunderstood. So that Jamet piece is, is working in that vein. The other piece that we did, Proof, Proof is a meditation on violence against African-Americans in this country, in America. Lately, I've become accustomed to the sound of gunfire echoing the distance and everything burning. Fireworks almost as well as bullets. My mother tells everyone who calls, vote. And on the movement through grief that I feel as, as, as a black woman, through fear and anger, but also it's, um, and it appears in two parts in, in our performance. Um, there is a much more energetic sort of grief and anger driven movement. And then there's a much softer movement, which is for me the sort of place of hope and, and a wistful sort of belief that there's a better way for, for, for people of color in general to exist in this country. In, um, yeah, and I think that somehow these guys, I think they listened to the work two or three times and they were able to really create something that, that lifted it up. You know, one thing that I would just add is that, you know, in for classically trained musicians, one of the things that we learn in our theory classes is uh, counterpoint. We think a lot about the counterpoint between voicings in, in music. And the thing that um, uh, exists in a collaboration between uh, text and music is there's also a counterpoint between the words and the notes themselves. Much the same as when you hear contrapuntal line, you might kind of imply certain harmonies or it might kind of move in a different direction. And depending on the pacing of uh, Lynn's performance, we might, you know, hear the same music in a totally different way. And so just finding the sweet spot in the right moments in the text and as well as in the music is, it's a challenge, but, uh, but it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of fun to explore those possibilities, for sure. So what are you guys doing after this performance? Can you tell us a little bit about what your future plans are? I am not planning performances. I'm working on finishing a manuscript, the manuscript that I mentioned uh, about Caribbean women's stories. Uh, it's called La Jablas Love Songs, and I've got a lot of work to do there. Uh, I am simultaneously, though, doing a project for National Sawdust, looking at the influence of James Baldwin's work and his life and how it resonates in modern writers and musicians and creative thinkers, creative organizers and activists, like really taking that thread of, of this idea of love and activism being forces of collaboration and how that manifests right now in, in modern artists. Well, for myself, um, of course, this coming season, uh, I'm looking forward to a lot of the concerts that I didn't get to play this past season, um, including a uh, world premiere by uh, uh, um, 
actually a new cello concerto by Mark Adamo with the uh, American Composers Orchestra and the New Century Chamber Orchestra in San Francisco. In addition to that, I guess the big excitement that I have coming up is this fall, both my wife and I uh, will be uh, releasing our first album together, actually. This was a project that was many years in the thinking of, but it wasn't until COVID that I just kind of thought, you know what, I think I finally have time to practice. Uh, because over the years, my wife has written a, a lot of music for solo cello. Uh, I might want to give a little dig, not for me. She's written, she has written me a few pieces, but these, uh, this album is actually entirely pieces that she did not write for me. She wrote for other cellists. There are four pieces on the program. And I just sat down and learned them all. She, she writes really difficult music, and it's been a, an amazing project that, um, of course, has morphed into many different directions. Um, what began as a single solo cello album has sort of become a family album. That brings us to the end of this podcast from the Walled City Music Festival. So Jeffrey Ziegler and Friends Live from New York is available to watch on walledcitymusic.com and on our Facebook and YouTube channels from Saturday 27th of March. Its first broadcast will be at 9pm. Thank you so much Lynn and Jeffrey for um, joining us today. It's been such a joy to talk to you guys and we really look forward to this concert. Thank you so much for having us guys. This was great. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. It's been a pleasure. Bye. Bye. <laughs>